Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning, everyone. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Good morning. Gabrielle. Good morning, Josh. Good morning, Robbie. Yes, Wayne. You had a rather busy <laughs> weekend, didn't you? Yeah, just kid stuff. Yeah? Yeah. Had one of my besties come into town with her two kidlets. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we had an awesome weekend. Busy, tiring. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Forgot what it's like to watch a two-year-old. They're busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was um, that was one of the things that she said um, to me. I don't know if you, you were present when she said that. But she's like, you know you did that. You made the right decision on stopping with one kid, right? <laughs> and I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. I... Uh, when we were thinking about having a second kid, I'm like, I don't know. Like, we just got things normalized here. <laughs> and, uh, Those you know. Those early years, they're, they're priceless, but they're hard. Really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, when you know, we were trying to build the business. And I'm just watching other people building their real estate investment businesses and just like, seems really hard when you got three kids <laughs> seems really hard and uh yeah especially like the early years you know they're not really independent not and really they're not they depend on you <laughs> i was just i was just yeah i was just saying yeah Putting it lately <laughs> so uh yeah but i mean you, you you everybody's got their own uh unique um, lives and, and you got things that you're responsible for. So you, you make the best out of it. Yeah, for sure. Right. And it's not to say that it's not possible. Um, Lots of people don't put a lot of um, <clears throat> forethought into, into having kids. It's usually like a pretty like, want to have another kid? Yeah, I want to have another kid. I really want two kids. I really want three kid. kids. Or like they have this idealistic picture of how many kids they want, the size of the family they want, but there's not a lot of like extra thought into it. But like, I, I like when I think about having another kid, I think about like how hard those early years are and that I I wouldn't want to go back to that stage of my life again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that forethought kills it for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We got it. We got a pretty good thing now. So I I don't think it's, um, we're not having no any regrets. more. Are we having any more kids? <laughs> I, I'm just curious. Are we? The, are we? Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. You no, never. Yeah? You never know what'll happen. Yeah. I you never know what'll happen. Uh, to, yep. Super duper hard. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, you know, I've seen some people that uh, that have you know four or five kids and and, and love and, it and yeah and love it and they're growing their business so it's definitely possible. Uh, you know, call in today. Let us know how many kids you have. <laughs> we'll give you a coffee to get through the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, free, free coffee on us. First person that calls in would tell us how many kids they have. We're giving them a free coffee. Uh, upcoming events. Uh, we got, uh, you know, Gabby's Women's Real Estate Investing Mastermind starting January 12th. A couple spots left for that. I bet you. It's, um, two masterminds every every other week um you women. mean two masterminds every other week what's that what do you mean two masterminds two masterminds a month oh. <laughs> once one, one call every, bi-weekly, bi-weekly. <laughs> you want to explain this monday morning hard <laughs> yes uh we meet bi-weekly twice yes. a month every other week <laughs> you have to be a woman you have to be a woman yes uh, real estate investing life all inclusive. <laughs> yes, starting January twelfth, and then uh, we also have the real estate investing cabin retreat. Uh, next one available is uh, February twenty fifth through twenty seventh. That's in Alberta Beach, three day um, real estate investing cabin retreats where we stay at a cabin for three days. All accommodations, food, drink are all included, 
and we spend the weekend um, developing a roadmap um, for your real estate investing career. Um, we talk about real estate, we talk about life, um, talk about everything. It's, it's, it's a really cool, uh, fully immersive weekend where you get to spend the weekend with us, um, Wayne and Gabby, as well as a handful of other ambitious real estate investors. So mm-hmm. they got that coming up as well. Yeah. What are we? What are we on today? What are we talking about today? Well, just ho- hold up. Okay. Josh, I would just like to say, he says, I have three and we would have more if we were in a more stable position. That, my friend, is forethought. And that's great that you have three and want more. I love that because um, lots of people do. They just, yeah, thrive with those early years and that's great. Um, but the the forethought of knowing that um, right now is not the time. A lot of people mm. like will just keep pumping them out because that's what they want. And then it's like either don't have the money for this and that or really struggling to do this or really struggling with that. But you have the forethought to know that like just not the right moment, but mm. maybe we'll have more when we're in a good place. Love it. Annette's calling in. Oh, hi guys. <laughs> I'm calling you to tell you about how many kids I have. <laughs> if anyone follows me on Instagram, you know, um, I post about them tons and my crazy Two beautiful life. children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we had uh, two kids under two. Um, <laughs> so uh, we knew we wanted, uh, we, we knew we wanted a minimum of two, but I got pregnant when the first was nine months and it was. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, it's super crazy. fun, but it is crazy. And uh, I have big dreams too. And basically, the only way I figured out to do it all so far is to like not get very much sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really like the only solution I have so far. Yeah, I found that things really like, I mean, we do only have the one, but I found mm-hmm. that re- things really changed um, for being able to work on the business once I realized that like um, daycare day home, whatever mm-hmm. is a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, it totally is. Gabby was against daycare, day home. Like I, I thought that I wanted to just have her home. It. Yeah. I thought that yep. I just wanted to have her home until school. And mm-hmm. yeah, then I quickly realized that I was going insane, like yeah. literally insane. So yeah, that was like a, <sighs> a key mm-hmm. moment in, in realizing I can still work and do stuff and yeah I know yeah I know I was I'm the same way I did put my kids in a day home but as you know I'm thinking of homeschooling them so but I'm like but I still want to do the business so I haven't figured that part (laughs) out yet they're still in daycare and I'm gonna milk it while I can Um. it's possible (laughs) uh talk to spring she has five Mm -hmm. five kids and she's homeschooling yep amazing okay If you can do it, then anyone can. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Oh, yeah. We're we're sending you another coffee. Hey, did you get the coffee that I sent? Uh, No. Okay. I'll I'll see if I can resend it. It I got an email saying it was unopened. Oh, okay. Maybe it's. Oh, you have another one coming your way. Oh, amazing. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks for calling. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. One of the big things for us with, um, with, uh, daycare and uh, day home when we were first thinking about it because it took a little bit of convincing. I think we, we had, a, I don't remember it specifically, but we had a pretty serious talk about it because, you know, this was very early on for us and uh, uh, it, it doesn't matter what stage you're in. You always think that whether you have one property, two properties or 20 properties, you always feel like, Oh my God, I'm so busy. (laughs) Like you feel like you could never put anything more on. Um, So even at say like one, two, three, I don't even remember how many properties, you know, we had at that particular time. It was just crazy. And, you know, trying to find tenants and we were learning things and trying to organize our systems and filing and stuff like that. RTDRS hearings. RTDRS (laughs) hearings, you know, prepping for that. Um, You know, it's stressful. It was, it was pretty stressful, you know, doing that and then also still trying to be a present parent. At that particular time, Everly was not using any tablets, um, <laughs> iPads and like anything like that. Uh, to be honest, before she turned two, she didn't even watch TV. I don't know if you remember that. She didn't, she wasn't interested in t- TV until just before she turned two. Mm-hmm. So she was just le- legit attached to me, to yeah. you. Um, yeah. And, uh, 
that was that was quite a bit and i knew how much you know i remember when when you were raising her as well how uh incredibly important it was for you to you know to to stay home with her because you made that decision you're gonna you're gonna stay home and, and and grow the business that was one part of it but the, the other part was that you wanted to be a mom that raised her mm-hmm. um and then when we started having those discussions about well maybe we could do day home maybe half days or something like that yeah right um, easy in. <laughs> you know then i'll get a couple hours a day where i can just do some work it was it, one of the big discussions for us at that time was even though i was making really good money we weren't our money wasn't we weren't managing our funds very well our income very well um we didn't have any plans we didn't have any budgets we didn't have anything like that so the thought of um you know paying paying for that and gabby wasn't going back to work it was super stressful for us trying to figure out where is this money coming from yeah um that's when we started budgeting it's 100 percent because we're like <laughs> we, now we have to yeah um but i would you know i know i know that's a lot of that's that's something that people struggle with as well um when they're first looking at that it just just i'd say focus on how yeah you know what i mean it is possible you just got to figure out focus on how you're going to do it what yeah. you need to do yeah and that may mean that you're going to need to dedicate yourself to i hate the word i hate the word sacrificing a few things sacrificing a few things that you think that are important to you right now um because there are more there are other things that are more important mm-hmm. um for you in the future so you might have to give up a couple things um you know maybe that's netflix yeah I, everyone always goes to netflix because that's like the first thing people, <laughs> the first two things that people say they're going to give up when they're trying to budget netflix and starbucks coffee <laughs> <laughs> Do you really need that, you know, double pump <laughs> frappuccino, <laughs> the $5 drink? Yeah. Um, I just I actually just saw that um, that two of the ladies who have joined um, my next upcoming mastermind group both had two kids under two. I love when there's like common like commonalities yeah. of my members. That's amazing. Definitely good to be able to relate to the struggle. Yeah. So that's yeah, pretty cool. We did... Um, we did a bunch of segments in, uh, in the past on the Real Estate Investor Dad podcast, as well on social media, about how to properly manage your finances. I just don't know if we have, we didn't properly plan for it today, so I don't want to like just, just go through it and then miss a bunch of things, but I think that's something budgeting? we should talk. Yeah, budgeting. Yeah. Um, because I know for a fact that if you're trying to raise an additional you know, $500 to $1,000 to $2,000 of extra cash flow every month, just so you can live a little more comfortably, you can you can create a thousand dollars to two thousand dollars very easily just by getting your finances in order yes yeah and and making some of the like bigger decisions it's like if you look at your budget and you are living really frugally then start looking at like how much is that car payment and could you you know what i mean like mm-hmm. start making those bigger decisions so it's like if you've cut everywhere you can, if you've reduced your grocery budget, if you've done this and done that and cut Netflix and all those things, it's like, okay, well, now it's start time to start looking at those bigger ticket items. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Which lots of people, that's just kind of like not even a thought of theirs. It's like the, the car payment is just what the car payment is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gas costs what it, ga- what it costs. <laughs> what it costs. <laughs> reducing down to one vehicle from two vehicles is significantly easier than raising your first five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. Yeah, and I say it a lot. Raising money is easy, but it, you, the first five hundred thousand dollars is not easy. No, it's not. So I'll tell you right now: if you can manage to just live with one vehicle as opposed to two and save five, that five hundred dollar payment, it's significantly easier than raising your first five hundred thousand dollars and finding properties, finding the joint venture partners, getting all the financing in order. Yeah, for sure. And then managing tenants for the next 10 years. <laughs> yeah. It's the truth. Yeah. Um, but I definitely want to get more into the uh, the budgeting thing again because <clears throat> I think if you could start treating your life like a business, it it, it, it kind of preps you for, for starting your own real estate investing business as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting the spreadsheets in order and just uh, – I'm going to simplify just just treating your life like a like a like a business 
You know what I mean? Um, getting really organized, being intentional. Yeah. Not just buying things without thinking. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it's hard. You get into patterns and especially money, like money goes so deep. It's how you were raised. It's how your parents spent their money. It's, it's generational, lots of generational stuff. So if you're in bad habits, it's about breaking the cycle and becoming very conscious of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple of people had some comments here. Uh, Annette said, I feel like I'm still so much in the employee mindset that I'm not budgeting properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's, yeah, that's exactly like what I just alluded to with um, <clears throat> breaking the cycles. You need to, it needs to be conscious. And there's so many good books and resources about like um, how to treat your relationship with money. And uh, like even there's just like really cool little tips like, when the paychecks do come in, like thanking them. And when you do spend money, like thanking your money for for purchasing that thing that you needed, like literally your relationship with money. Mm. Yeah. And like before you make your mortgage <clears throat> payment, like thanking that money. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's some really cool. And then like taking yourself on money dates and like, <laughs> so when, like when- I've never when heard of any of this yeah. before. So when it's like time to like sit down and like whatever, reconcile your accounts or like whatever you do or like work on your budget like it's actually like taking yourself on a money date and like making it like a fun thing getting yourself like making yourself a really nice cup of tea or a really nice coffee and like being intentional about how you're spending your time with your money it's kind of in line with like the manifestation stuff am i getting am i getting too uh out there for you wayne boring <laughs> good morning <laughs> I've been waiting to use that sound clip. <laughs> Boring. Yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll get more into that. I uh I was going to say something about that. I can't I can't recall you just kept going on and on and on. Uh my recommendation has always been not to just decide overnight that I'm going to cut my spending budget in half. I'm going to get rid of Netflix. I'm going to get rid of Hulu. I'm going to get rid of Starbucks coffee. I'm going to, I'm going to start eating better. I'm going to start working out because when you're in those moods, you're like, you know what? Gappy was right. I don't want any of that for my life anymore. I'm cutting this. I'm cutting this. I'm cutting this starting Monday. And you just go way too big. And then you, and, and then you fail because it's way too abrasive. You know what I mean? You're giving up all the things that give you comfort. You know what I mean? So I recommend just like my coffee example, you know, weeks ago, slowly start getting, you know, go from two teaspoons of sugar down to one and a half, you know, switch from cream to milk, you know, switch from sugar to honey, just one at a time, just a little bit at a time, and it makes it easier. So get rid of a little bit at a time, because how many times did we do that? And then six months later, we're like, hey, so that 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 purge didn't work. Mm -hmm. And then we go a little bit further. But normally through each decision, each purge, um, you know, we, we may have gotten rid of a few things and some things came back. We just slowly go, okay, let's try again. Let's get rid of this. Okay, yeah. let's try again. Let's try again. And just keep working on it every couple of months. Yeah. And just a little bit at a time. I, I, I promise you um, um, that's the best approach. Just what's what's the word for it? Um, kind of like, like weaning yourself off it. Does that make sense? Weaning yourself off money? Yeah. I it, it's, it's ironic. We uh, we just started watching a, a new series called Dope Sick yesterday. <laughs> <That's what it's, laughs> I've got um, I got oxycotton terms on my mind. It's a good show, by the way. It is. It's really good. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I heard really good things about it. It's um, it's uh, a, a show about the uh, when oxycotton um, first came out back in the nineties, and now uh, they said it wasn't addictive. Yeah. Which uh, is you know, <laughs> uh, a, very relatable to the story. Um, <laughs> What are we talking about today, for reals? Oh, uh, something that I that I started talking about on Friday that I said I'd talk about today. Um, I, I did forget to mention that uh, we have a special guest coming on this week. Um, one of the other things we talked about last week, I think it was on Thursday, was uh, Rent to Own. Yes. And I said I was going to have Barry on next week. I got him. 
So yeah. uh, Barry McGuire is coming on Thursday morning. He's, we're going to be talking about rent to own. So if there are any questions um, that you have about rent to own, um, any of the questions that we saw there. Um, this is your chance to get them answered. Yes. You can ask them live as well. If you want to be proactive and make sure that you get your questions answered, maybe you have some now and, and you got them written down and you don't want to forget. Uh, you can email us at info at reimorningshow.com and just, you know, get your questions in there or shoot me a DM and with any questions you have about rent to own that, you know, you're going to want me to ask mm-hmm. uh, Barry, but um, just like every day, um, you are more than uh, welcome to call, to call in, in yep. ask questions. Talk to the man yourself. <clears throat> Absolutely. And uh, yeah, that's what this live show was all about. The reason why we wanted a live show is because we wanted to give you the opportunity to call in with your questions. Um, if there's anything that is holding you back today from doing the things that you want to do, if you need some accountability, if you need just someone to tell you that you're lazy, I'm your guy. <laughs> call in now. <laughs> He's not joking. <laughs> For, I'm not. I'm not. You can text me as well. 587-400-0721. That number's in the show notes if you missed it. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the show notes there. You can text me and just tell me what's holding you back right now and I'll tell you how dumb it is. It, it it's the truth isn't it yep. when you look back and like oh man why didn't i do this sooner i was just so dumb i was i was just so concerned about what people are going to think about me i was just so concerned about like uh what if i fail yeah it's dumb it's really dumb um and i want you to get to the sooner you break through that and, and actually get it done the sooner you're going to get some success so um the other thing that we talked about on friday was um uh mortgages Yes. Yeah. There's the topic. That's the topic. <laughs> and I've seen many uh, posts online about people asking about private financing companies. I've seen many posts about businesses offering three to five years worth of seller financing on mm-hmm. brand new properties with zero money down. Um. Let's start with private financing companies. Um, if there were any good private financing companies that operated in Canada uh, that were legit, that I knew about, I would tell you right now. That's it. <laughs> okay. That's, that's an easy answer for you. Um, I get it. You know, you heard me say on a podcast once that you're only going to get six to eight properties if you're really smart about it. Every mortgage broker tells the exact same thing. Yeah, if you if you plan it out properly, you might be able to get about eight, and then we're going to have to start going with B lenders and higher rates. So, you see some you know post online or some website that says we'll finance it for five or ten percent down. Um, stop wasting time. I'm like, you can go ahead and you can. You could search it out yourself and do your diligence and don't listen to Wayne. Don't listen to the no's. Go out and, you know, get a yes. Sure. Hip, hip, hooray. Um, I'm just trying to save you some time. Yeah. Right. And and I do this with my coaching clients all the time too. And it's like, hey, you do whatever it is that you want, but you're hiring me to save time. I'm giving you the answer now to save you that time from going because I've already looked. I don't want you to waste two weeks thinking that this is going to work out and then just to come to the conclusion that Wayne was right all along. I'm not trying to be right. I'm not trying to be a know-it-all. I'm just saying if there was, I'd tell you right now because I'm, I'm an open book. Yeah. Okay. Um, you're better off. Well, there's some other solutions actually. I got a, I got a handful of solutions for you today um, to, to, to solve that problem of, you know, what happens, you know, I want to get 500 properties, And my mortgage broker says I can only get six or the mortgage broker says I can't get any more. And if I want more, I have to go to this company at 6% interest rate, whatever BS story you got. There are solutions and I'm going to go through those today. Uh, The other thing are these, um, these companies that are popping up uh, talking about three to five year seller financing with zero money down or 5% down. Um, Do your diligence. Yeah, that's key. That's really key. If you are going to go look into these companies, make sure you're going in with a magnifying glass. Um, ask people that you trust that have looked into it. Yeah. Um, we have. Uh, we know other people, very reputable people that have for most of these. I'm not naming any, any, any specifically, 
but I'd always, I always cringe. I fucking cringe when I see these posts pop up and then it gets like 60 comments, send me info. And I'm like, Oh, you, and I see someone I know and I'm like, well, it's mostly, and you'll also see that it's mostly newer investors who just don't know. 99.9%. Right? Yeah. Because it's a huge opportunity. Oh my gosh, that's exactly what Wayne was talking about. Seller financing. Mm. Yeah. Hey, text me. <laughs> text me and ask me. I'm not going to broadcast this on a live show. Um, I'm not here because maybe there is some legit ones. I haven't found any. Maybe there is. Yeah. Um, but normally it really is too good to be true. Yeah. Um, there's a catch. Um, either the paperwork is not in your favor, the agreements are not in your favor, because why would anyone offer something like that mm -hmm. without some sort of a benefit to them, right? Think logically. What benefit is there to them? You're either going to be paying a very high interest rate or you're going to be having terms that do not favor you. I've seen some that they say it's an agreement for sale, but it's actually a rent-to-own contract. Okay. You also got to be considering who is the, on the who who is facilitating this, and why are they offering such low rates? Why are they giving you those benefits? Mm -hmm. um, can I add one more thing in about agreement for sales? Of course. Um, pay it when you're looking for agreement for sale deals, and this is for anyone who's taken a course or not taken a course, because I know some people they they say, I don't need to take an agreement for sale course. I'm just gonna get my lawyer to look it over. Okay. Here's my hot tip for agreement for sales. If you if you're not in an appreciating market, so if you if your asset isn't likely to appreciate, <clears throat> let's say in a five year term, you got a five year term and it's not likely to appreciate. That means that your only benefit to a deal like that is the cash flow and the mortgage paydown. Let's assume the cash flow gets eaten up by repairs and maintenance and vacancies. Okay, so there's no cash flow. That only leaves mortgage paydown. Do a quick calculation based on those terms, interest rates, um, terms and interest rates to see how much mortgage paid on you're going to get in the next five years. Okay. Typically when it's amortized over 30 years, that means there's more cash flow and less mortgage paid on. So in five years, you don't actually really pay all that much mortgage down. Okay. Yeah. Let's say in a best case scenario, $40,000. Okay. Over the next five years, $40,000 profit for zero money down is pretty decent. It's not bad. Mm -hmm. Zero investment. They carried the financing. $40,000 in mortgage paid on. But at the end of that five years, um, are you going to refinance it? Or are you going to sell it? Are you going to get your own mortgage? Or are you going to sell it? Let's go with the first option. You're going to go and get your own mortgage. You don't have 20% equity in that property. Right. Right. For, what, 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 what type of property are we talking about right now? $400,000 property? If you got now you put zero money down and you've got forty thousand dollars worth of equity into it, you've only got ten percent. That means you need to come up with an additional forty thousand dollars, and you need to find a lender who is willing to do an, a, a refinance on an agreement for sale. Which I don't want to spoil it. You need to go take a course. You can't. You can't refinance on a property that you are not on title. Okay, so it needs to be a standard purchase, which means that you need to put twenty percent down, which is super complicated. But let's say you manage to find one of the two or three lenders who will allow you to refinance a property that you are not on title for. I'm going super complicated this morning. <laughs> you still need to come up with an additional $40,000. Right? So just be aware of that because they're not going to tell you that when they're signing you up for this quote unquote legit product. Um, so you need to have, you need to know what your exit strategy is at the end of that five years, because with an agreement for sale, you do need to close. You're obligated to close. And have more than one exit strategy. <laughs> more than one exit strategy. So you're like, oh shit, I don't have $40,000. Um, okay, cool. I'm going to sell it. What are the realtor fees and closing costs to sell a $400,000 property? It's about $20,000, right? Ish, yeah. Ish. <laughs> That's... So... You made forty thousand. You're gonna lose half of that by selling it. And if it's if if you gotta pull your tenant out and have it on the market for three to four months where there's no income coming in, it means you're gonna need to cover those fifteen hundred dollar to two thousand dollar expenses as well. That's just gonna chew into your profits as well. So just 
now your profits are getting down to like 25% of what they, what they were before. You might be able to walk away with ten dollars to $20,000. Just, it, it's, it's a risk. What if, what if the property went down in value to $390,000? Mm-hmm. Now you're looking closer to breaking even. Mm-hmm. Agreement for sales, if you're not in an appreciating market, if you're in a very flat to negative market, make sure you got a long term yeah. in there. Otherwise, you're going to realize that you're not really going to make all that much money. Yeah, I know I spent about 10 minutes talking about that, but I thought it was very important because that's something you need to consider. I see people signing up for two-year agreement for sales and one-year agreement for sales. I'm like, oh, they got I got financing for one year. Yeah, super cool. What are you going to do at the end of the one year Yeah, or the three years? Yeah, What's your exit strategy? I'll just sell it. Yeah, all your profits are getting eaten <laughs> up by realtor fees. Agreement for sales are an amazing tool. Amazing. We built our portfolio off of it. Yeah. But you need to know what your exit strategy is going to be. So take the course. And then once you've done and you got the education, you know, reach out to a guy like me who can give you these, 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 you know, these, these facts on, on, because um, I don't like it when people ask me what an agreement for sale, a good agreement for sale deal is. It's, it's a very long conversation. Yes. Yeah. I just gave you a, a small piece of it. Yeah. So, um, and they're all very, very different. <laughs> yeah. So if you're looking at these agreement for sale opportunities, um, first of all, make sure that you've done your research and you've taken some education, you know, taken a course. Uh, Barry McGuire has the best agreement for sale course. The only one you should take. Um, that's just, that's just facts. Hashtag facts. And, uh, yeah. Uh, ask around. Ask around uh, to some reputable people before, uh, whether you're looking at one of these companies that are offering, you know, these, um, these, these products or just even any seller, you know, who posts online, you know, ask around, ask, do some background checks on the seller. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I got to say about that. I, I just, again, I cringe when I see those posts online and I want to hop in and I want to say something, but I know Gabby will give me shit. (laughs) <laughs> because I, I I don't need to be starting online fights. Yeah, <laughs> I don't need people, you know, um, bad mouth, and I, it's it's not worth the energy. Yeah. But, well, what I always say to you is that you don't need to be a hero. Let people make their own mistakes. Yeah. We can we can tell you you know these things here, and we can say be careful and do your due diligence. But at the end of the day, we we don't need to be heroes and and stir shit up. <laughs> can't save everyone. Yeah, so can't um, save you everyone. Know, um. <laughs> Please, 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 to your diligence. Um, so th- I, I still get people who do actually ask me about these companies. Mm-hmm. And I'm Thankfully. honest. I'm honest. Yep. If you rejudge me, I'll, you know, I'm honest. Um, but everyone that asked me, I, I, the first thing I ask is, why? Yeah. Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Have you listened to any of my podcasts? If you just listen, if you just go listen to every single podcast I ever put out, I explain literally everything that you need to know about real estate investing. Right? It's 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 a long listen. It's probably <laughs> three straight weeks of no sleep, um, but it's all there. Um, you know, there's some great real estate investing coaches in Canada and mentors that you can go and ask questions. Um, this is a very basic, simple one that, that gets covered uh, very early on in real estate education about how to get the most mortgages. Yes. <clears throat> uh, the answer that everybody says is, you know, when I ask them, it's, well, I want to get more mortgages. I'm like, dude, you've only got two. Relax. Pump the brakes. Yeah. Be patient. Well, I talked to my broker and they said that my debt servicing um, ratio is, is not good and my debt to income ratio is not good. I said, okay. Okay. How is, how is debt servicing or how is debt to income ratio measured? Well, um, it's the ratio between my debt and my income. Okay. So how do you fix that? You either increase your income or you decrease your debt. Or do both. Or do both. (laughs) There you go. Problem solved. Debt servicing ratio. They look at all your debt payments um, that you need to service. And then they look at your income to make sure that, you know, you have enough income to cover the debts that you're responsible for. So sell your truck. That'll lower your mm-hmm. debt servicing ratio. Vehicle payments are the worst. Vehicle payments, right? Yeah. Um, pay down your your credit cards. Yeah. Right? There you go. 
suddenly you're approved (laughs) (laughs) or, or go make more money or go uh, stop, stop buying properties that are break even cash flow. Um, because mortgage lenders, yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, here's, here's a good example. I talked about this the other day. Um, someone was asking me about debt servicing and, um, and, and why you run out of mortgages in around six or six to eight properties It's because, um, you, you bought a bunch of properties for 5% down that, you know, cash flowed about a hundred to 200 bucks. Right. And, but when you go to qualify for a new mortgage, you know, you're looking at your portfolio thinking I've got $2,000 with the cash flow. I'm pretty good here. You know, they all cash flow about a hundred to 200 bucks each, whatever. Um, but each lender, each mortgage lender, they have their own, you know, this better than I do. Okay? Yes, yeah. They each have their own individual way that they calculate um, your debt servicing. Yeah. Um, they do not just look at how much rent you have and what your expenses are. No. Some lenders will only accept 80%. They will only calculate 80% of your rent to service the full payment. Yeah. In case rents go down. In case rents go down. So you've got $1,700 worth of rent and your expenses are $1,500. They're only going to let you use 80%. I'm pulling up my calculator if you can hear these clicks. 80% of your $1,700 payment is $1,360. You've got expenses for $1,500. Okay. So your rent fell short $140. Now they're going to, that gets at, basically they're going to look, where are you going to cover this from? So they look at your personal income from your job, right? Yeah. Because you got personal income, but they're also including all of your, your car payments and everything else. And so they look at all the expenses you have. So all of the expenses for your rental properties, all the expenses for you have for your personal um, house, like your personal um, side. And then they look at what your total um, income is from your job and then the total income from your rent. And they want to make sure it's, it, it's, it's below a certain percentage. So there's a great example right there of how you're cash flowing $200 a month, but you're really not because that lender that you're going to is only taking 80%. Yeah. And the other thing I think to keep in mind with how they're calculating that as well as if you're self-managing your properties and you're not putting aside um, management and repairs and maintenance um, money into mm-hmm. the bank account, they are calculating that. So if you're like, oh, I'm good, I'm cash flowing a hundred bucks, but you're not including those fees in there, then that'll like instantly be gone. They put three to 5% depending on the company for each of those and boom, you're you're in we, a negative situation. We just had this recently when we, we were qualified for a mortgage and I looked at um, their spreadsheet and they added in 10% for property management. I'm like, why the fuck are they adding in 10% for property management? We, we do our own property management. Like, why? No. Uh, why? Well, they still want to know that it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's um you know, we fit with everything else, but they add in an extra 10% of the rent towards expenses um, to cover that, even though we're not even using it. So every lender is going to be different. You got to talk to a broker. Um, and that's my first tip here is that having a good proper plan with a mortgage broker is the first step. So many people go straight to the bank. Oh, I've been banking with them forever. They're going to give me all these mortgages. Yeah. I talk to them. But like talk to a broker. <laughs> and it's normally the first two, three, four properties, right? Because it's easy. Yeah, I'm just going to keep going to TD Canada Trust. They have the low. I checked online. I went to Rate Hub, Wayne. I went to Rate Hub or Rate Fair or whatever. And <laughs> these, these guys are the lowest interest rates possible. I negotiated them down. Trust me. I negotiated them down a couple of points as well. And, you know, I got a great rate. Cool. But you just screwed yourself over for your next ones. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So when you go to a broker there, you need to know an investor focused broker, please. Yes. Please just text me, email me. I'll tell you all the best investor focused brokers. Um, don't ask a broker if they work with investors because they're going to say yes. <laughs> course they're going to say yes because you know what you know you just said to them i'm going to be buying lots i'm going to be getting lots of mortgages (laughs) of course they want your business of course they want you as a repeat person and then you're probably going to tell other uh, investors about them but um when you're talking to an investor focused broker tell them what your plans are so hey i just spent you know, a weekend with Wayne and Gabby at the real estate investing cabinet retreat. Here's what I'm going to be doing over the next five to 10 years. I'm going to be buying this. I'm going to be buying this. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy this type of property, this type of property, this property. And then just be very clear with them 
and exactly what you're planning on doing. And they will send you to the appropriate lenders with the appropriate terms in the appropriate order, order. <laughs> to make sure that you get as many mortgages as possible. Okay. Because I spoke of one, you know, lender, hypothetically, um, that only uses 80% of rents. Well, another lender over here, um, you know, maybe they use 100% of rents, but they add in on your expenses 10% for property management, whereas the other one didn't. They're all extremely different and they're all changing their rules on a regular basis. So it's, there's no way of figuring it out ahead of time. Trust me, if, if it was possible, I would have figured it out. I, I keep asking my broker, I'm like, okay, how, what do you mean? Like last time I talked to you, you said this lender does this. Oh yeah, they changed the rules. Um, yeah. So oh, it's impossible time. to keep your finger on the pulse. It's always changing and it's an extremely complicated business. So you need someone who knows how to navigate that for you. Yeah. Um, but a great example is like, you know, well, early on we, we wanted to get... Um, a, spe a, spe a specific mortgage because it had the lowest interest rate. But we were advised to go to a different lender, which had higher rates and crappier terms. Because if we went with that lender first, then we'd be able to go with this lender afterwards and get more. If we went the other way, vice versa, then we wouldn't be able to go with that lender again. It's and that's because some lenders, they will, you know, one lender says you can have four mortgages total. One lender says you can have three mortgages with us. One lender over here says you can have as many mortgages as possible, but their rates are a little bit higher and crappier terms. So sometimes it's better to go with a lender who has crappier terms and higher interest rates and you can get two with them because you can get as many as you want with the other person over here afterwards. It's just, it's so yeah. complicated. It is, yeah. I'm complicating, like, it sounds... I'm trying to simplify it and I'm struggling here, but this is just so important early on speak with a broker and let them know your plans and they will help you. Yeah. Okay. As much as they can, because you only make so much money and you're, you can only attract so much in rents. So, you know, as this is the best way to position yourself to get as far as possible for your situation. Okay. It does not mean when you run out that you have to go and go to private financing companies, you know, um, that you see online. Yeah. There are other solutions. I talked about agreement for sales. Okay. The agreement for sales that I'm referring to are, if you still have money, but you can't get mortgages, you can negotiate with sellers and ask them if they'd be willing to do agreement for sale for a period of time. After you've become educated. After you become educated. When people think about agreement for sales, they think about zero money down and someone's going to carry financing. Okay. It's just like, it's, it's a gimmick. Yeah. Agreement for sales sounds like a gimmick now. It's like a no money down gimmick. It's, it's a tool. If you have the money there, it's, it's much, much more likely that someone is willing to do seller financing. Yeah. For them to say yes. Yeah. Because what the seller wants the most, especially investors, what they want the most is they want their equity out. Okay. So when you come up to them and say, Hey, you know, would you be willing to do seller financing? And they say, Oh yeah, sure. Consider how much money are you going to put down? Uh, zero. Um, I heard you can get zero. No, they're not going to do it. Why would they do that? There's no incentive. They just want their money out. They'll take a $10,000 cut in order to get their $150,000 out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To move on to and reinvest it. So it's not a very good pitch, but if you said that you had 20% to put down, Or even 10%. Or even 10%. Suddenly you've got their attention. Yeah. Maybe that's even a home. Maybe it's not an investor. Maybe it's just a homeowner that just had $40,000 in their $400,000 property. But they yeah. just, all I want is my money out. Yeah. Okay, I can give you your $40,000, but I need you to carry financing for five years. That's possible. Yeah. That's possible. So um, if you have cash, it's it's a lot easier to negotiate a, a seller financing or agreement for sale with a seller. Um, so that's that's an option there. Um, the other option, which in my opinion is, is a no brainer. I don't know why people don't hop on the sooner is joint ventures. Yeah. How, how, what percentage Gabby of investors would you say new investors say that they never want to work with partners and they're just want to do it by themselves? A large percentage. <laughs> I did it. I said, there's no way in hell I'm working with someone else. Yeah. Not a chance. I like things done my way. I do not 
want someone who doesn't know what the F they're talking about debating things with me, right? I put so much thought into this. I have years of education. The last thing I want is someone coming in and questioning every decision that I make. Mm -hmm. Well, why would you do it that way and not this way? Trust me. I, I did not want to do joint venture partners either. I've heard other investors say that I'm not the type of person that would be able to raise money. Well, that's some, that's some limited beliefs right there. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get real far with that, with that attitude. I'm not the type of person I'm Aquarius. There's no way I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the type of person that goes up to people. Not born for this. <laughs> What's that? I'm not born for this. Yeah. Um, just because you are the way you are right now does not mean that you cannot grow. Okay. You can, you can learn. You can try new things, right? But if you are planning to scale to the level that you want to scale to, to get these crazy goals that you have of 500 properties or doors or whatever, or $3 million a year in cash flow, and you think you're going to be able to do it by yourself with your own mortgages and your own financing, go back to sleep. Seriously, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Um, partnerships are where it's at. Partnerships are what are going to help you scale. Um, joint ventures, you know, the standard joint venture, for those of you that are just listening to this for the first time and never heard of a joint venture, is a partnership. Um, partnership isn't the right term. I'm just using it. I know. A uh, partnership between two people where one person, the real estate expert, you know, brings the deal and all of the expertise and the other partner brings... Uh, the finances and and the financing, the mortgage and the and the down payment money. Um, normally, it's fifty percent for each person. Yeah, that's the standard um, <clears throat> uh, shares, and uh, the joint venture partner will you know purchase the property, and then a joint venture agreement will be done up, um, which is normally ten to twenty pages long, which explains who brought what and who's responsible for what. Very yeah, simple stuff. Who's entitled to what at the end? Um, I know real estate investing expert listening. I know you don't. Why would I give up 50%? Well, it's better to have 50% than none. Than zero. Okay. Well, then I'm going to have twice as many problems. Yeah, I hear you. But that private financing company that you're searching out in Virginia is not as good as what you think. So talk to anyone who's been in the game long enough for a while and they'll tell you the exact same thing. Joint ventures, joint ventures, joint ventures. That is how you scale. That is how you grow. Um, and I think it's also super cool that like you've gotten to yourself to a point where you're an expert in something where people are willing to invest in you. Right? They're not investing in real estate. They're investing in you and, and your their your capability, the, the trust that they have in you that you're going to be able to do this. You've worked your ass off. You've become an expert in something and people are going to invest in you. It's pretty, pretty freaking cool. Yeah, it's badass. <clears throat> Very badass. Feels great. Um, so the, again, that is another solution right there is is, is to find people uh, who would be willing to invest uh, their their um, their savings or their you know their equity. And also carry financing, and you will be able to get more mortgages. Yeah, that's how you scale. So, um, additionally, what you can do is if you want to bring the financing and have them just carry a mortgage, that's a possibility as well. Just make sure that you're 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 looking, you're reviewing the mortgage um, documents and laws to make sure you're doing it properly. You're not, you know, doing anything that's it's in the gray area. Um, whereas you're giving someone money and having it sit in their account for three months to season, and then you know, they get the mortgage and you don't have to be on title or the mortgage. Yeah, I hear you. I know you're trying to work around it. It's mortgage fraud. Okay. It's mortgage <laughs> fraud. Um, so just make sure you're doing things right. Talk to your lawyer, talk to the, the lender and be honest. Um, you know, you can also, if you're bringing the money and, and the person is carrying financing, then just qualify together. Sometimes um, you have money but you can't qualify for a mortgage because your debt servicing is crap. And you're too stubborn to go pay off, you know, to go sell your truck or to get rid of, you know, whatever else, you know, debt payments you got to, you got to cover. So you bring someone else on and they, they qualify with you. 
because they have really good credit score and they have really, you know, and the fact that that person has is, is really qualifiable and you're kind of qualifiable. They kind of put you together um, jointly and then you guys will be both on the mortgage and both on title. Yeah. That can help you qualify as well. Another option right there. But just again, make sure that you're not, you know, doing anything in the gray area. Make sure that you're doing it properly. Um, so you don't get in any trouble. You don't want to be lying to mortgage companies. No. Um, <clears throat> one last option. Is everybody still following along? Is this boring? <laughs> Just curious. Is this boring? I don't know. I, I think it's very helpful. Okay. Because feel free to call Stuff in with any questions. We've got about understand. 10 minutes left. If you got any questions about this, um, feel free to call in. And, uh, and thank you everyone for, wow, this is a tight race for the um, the fans today. The engagement on Podbean. Um, we got a four-way tie for first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Um Robbie says, love it. Just got pre-approved this weekend. So we're on topic for me. Awesome. Nice. Hey, congrats. Congrats. I know you're working on that. That's awesome, man. Um, don't buy anything until after the cabinet retreat. Okay. <laughs> Robbie's coming to the next cabinet retreat. And I want to make sure that we have a chat first to make sure that you're that's buying a, right. That's a long ways away. It's that's, a month away. I know. You got a pre-approval for 90 days. You're good. You Well, if the deal comes along, just make sure you talk to Wayne before you do it. That's all. I just Don't wait. Wayne, why would he wait? Oh, don't. Come I on. Hate she uses my own words against me. Why would you wait? Go take action. All right, go buy something. We'll, we'll <laughs> talk about it. We'll talk about it in January at the next retreat. <laughs> um, I just, I, 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 well, here's the thing because you need a good plan for mortgages. Uh-huh. That's why. Yeah. It's just a month. I promise you the Monday after that retreat, a, I'll kick him right in the just ass. Just get on a call As he's with leaving Wayne. on Sunday, I'm going to give him a nice big boot in the ass that we has lots of momentum for the next week. Wait, doesn't Robbie need to schedule a call with you and Ambrose or am I thinking? No, of, that's oh, Tony. Oh, right, Tony. Sorry. Yeah, get it together, guys. I know. I got one I got one last really amazing um, option, but uh, we got a call coming in here first. So I'm going to answer the call. Lindsay. Good morning, Lindsay. Hey. Are you there? Yes, we can hear you. Awesome. So timely, our deal that we're working on is we're trying to do our financing, but we are double self-employed. Mm. And one of our businesses is less than three years old, doing mm. well. Our other business is older than three years old, but took a kicking big time in COVID kicking. 2020 being a mom, right? Oh, yes. So um we are applying and then if we cannot qualify based on our stuff uh then we have someone who will step in and be that joint venture partner or on the mortgage with us but my question is about i have an opportunity right now to go back to employment with alberta health services and so i'm very hemming and hawing i said i would never go back um, and I can still keep doing what I'm doing and we can still cash flow the same, but in order to get the most mortgages or to best set ourselves up for mortgage, sorry, my dog is growling in the background here. It's so I cute. Was, I wasn't sure if it was your husband snoring. I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> no, pretty close to my dog. I stopped touching him and stopped petting him. He's like, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> so I am making that decision this week is like, so I just wondered if you guys had any advice around whether having a job with that kind of solid income versus just staying self-employed, if there's a, a huge difference in the ability to get mortgages. Huge, huge, huge. difference. Yeah. I just talked about this with one of my mentees yesterday. Um, and I'm surprised that, that, uh, a lot of people don't know, so I'll, I'll, I'll just let people know that um, having a salary, having a regular income, having a, jo- a J-O-B, um, so you need to have at least three months. Um, you need to be past the probationary period, so three months to, in order to be qualified. Um, yeah. And if, you, if you're not on salary, uh, then, you, you know, if you're self-employed, then you need two year, at least two years worth of T1s, um, yes. T1 generals, which is your tax returns. Um, having a salary, they look at that as, um, as security. You know what I mean? That's, that's guaranteed, that's guaranteed income. income. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I'm here. Oh, my, my own sorry, echo. I'm here on my own echo. 
Do you mind just turning your volume down just a pinch? Um, you're going to get much better terms if you are a salary employee, significantly better because it just it's lower risk for the bank uh, or the lender. Um, whereas uh, you know self-employed, you know you 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 don't have as many options. Um, you can get the same kind of mortgages, just not as not as much as if you were um, if you're an employee. I mean, don't let that dictate your you know your decisions though. Um, if it's making you unhappy, <laughs> don't just go there for a year to get mortgages. Yeah. I was going to say the, I think, the, I think it's more than just, you know, like, will I be able to get the mortgage or not? I think you need to take a, a few other things into consideration. So, you know, like the, the lifestyle, like can, does, does going back to a J-O-B, will that fit in with where you guys are in your life and with the kids and with what you have going on and with the other business? So taking that into consideration, but then also knowing that you do have a joint venture partner who can step in and make the deal happen, taking that into consideration too. Like, okay, so if I didn't take the job and could maintain the life that we have and what we have going on, we could still get the property. Yes, you'll take a, a smaller cut of the property instead of the whole pie, but you can keep going because you have these other opportunities. So I think you need to really look at the big picture. Yes, having a job will mean you can qualify for more, faster, easier. But does what's the life? What's the life that you want? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. The job is going to be the lifestyle piece. So you talked about mm-hmm. that sacrifice word that we don't like. But I don't like my four-year-old doesn't like me being away three days a week. So. That's all she mm-hmm. asked for for Christmas this year was Aww. for mommy not to go. So, so I may be taking a job for trying to give myself all the perks, right? We'll be able to do mm-hmm. more mortgages, but at the same time, yes, lifestyle is a big deal for us, right? So, Are you only taking it because of the mortgages? No, actually. My mom is palliative, and so I am, it sounds bad, but I am taking it also because uh, after so many weeks, I can apply for compassionate care and mm-hmm. keep up my my payment or I can still get paid after so many weeks for 27 weeks to then stay in care for my mom. Mm. So I'm, it's a bit of a... Yeah, I'll that takes more. Each night and then yeah. I will also be able to help in our other business and then make have more mortgages. And as well, the big one is you know, the ability to take sick leave or be with family and then also compassionate care. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. One thing that we've, um, you know, like we had lots of conversations with, um, with Everly just like about, about why we work and, you know, like all those types of things, why, um, you know, like why we have to put in that time and why we have to be away or like those types of things. And like, I know that they're young, but we started talking about it early with Everly about like, we're, we're doing it now so that we can have more time in the future and that sort of thing. And it's hard for them to understand at first, but the more you talk about it and the more you like normalize it with them about, you know, like why we have to work and mm-hmm. all those types of things, like they do, they do start to get it. And then like, sometimes <laughs> this is probably going to sound bad, but sometimes I really will be like, dad, go get back to work, make more money. <laughs> I was literally waiting for you to finish. I was going to say it. Yeah. yeah. Like Everly, do you want to, awesome. do you want to go play connect four or something? She said, no, just go downstairs. Go, go downstairs. No, you go work, go make money. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. Sends me back in my office. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about one other um, last option. And I think this is, um, I had, I had to ask, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about that um, because I just want to make sure that it wasn't just for mortgages because there isn't one other solution and that's uh, commercial mortgages, which I'm going to explain here in a minute. But uh, thank you so much for calling in, Lindsay. Yes, thank yes, you. Thanks for your time, guys. No problem. Okay, take care. Um, so <clears throat> the last option is commercial mortgages. Um, so in, in order to get a commercial mortgage, you need to, to buy a property through a corporation. Um, so you create a corp. You know, It could be as simple as a $250 application, and, and you can do it over at the registry by yourself. Um, I'm talking Alberta. I'm not 100% on other provinces. So just, I'm just talking about what I know. Mm-hmm. Um, create a corporation. You can also uh, hire a lawyer, corporate lawyer, to draft it up, and they can do. Um, you know, if you have shareholders, they can do up a unanimous um, shareholders agreement. Um, is it unanimous or universal? Ah, oh, no. A 
okay, just USA um, shareholders yes. agreement. <laughs> um, and then go through all it. You know, it's, it's very similar to what a, a joint venture agreement looks like. It just goes through all the responsibilities of each shareholder, um, what their obligations are, what they're bringing to the table, et cetera, et cetera. You do that up where you can just, you know, make it very simple and just create one over at the registry's office. And then you can buy a property under that corporation's name. Um, there are lots of lenders who offer commercial mortgages. Um, you know, CIBC is one, um, mm -hmm. this big bank that offers it. Um, and then you can go to other different types of lenders and credit unions and uh, talk with them. They have different rules. So first of all, just like the big difference between commercial and residential mortgages is with residential, they qualify you as a person. Um, with commercial, they qualify the property. Yes. Okay. So they're not concerned about you. They're going to ask a lot of times for a personal net worth statement just to see where you are in net worth um, and what you have going on. As long as that's okay, they're not concerned about how much, um, you know, whether you're self-employed or whether you're not or whether you have a salary. It helps then when they look at it from a big picture. Um, but the main thing they want to see is that does this property operate well as a business? Um, they use um, a different metric, which is um, why am I brain dead at six o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning? Um, a DCR. I was going to say it, but I didn't know if that's what you were looking for. <laughs> yeah. So they want to see the ratio between um, the rent and the expenses. Yeah. So, you know, very common DCR would be like a one to 1.1. 1 .1. Uh, so for every dollar of expense, they want to see one dollar and ten cents of Income. rent. Or rent, yeah, sorry. Okay, so every dollar of rent, they want to see one to one point one um, of uh, of rent covering it. So if your expenses are, let's say, they're fifteen hundred, like they were earlier, uh, one point one would be sixteen fifty in rent. Okay, and every and every. Commercial lenders could be different. Some of them are 1 to 1.1. Some of them are 1 to 1.2, 1.15, wherever. Yeah. They each have their own rules, and they each calculate it slightly differently as well. Some of them will include heating and costs. Some of them include property management. Some of them will not have any of that. So there's a handful of uh, really great lenders that offer that in Alberta, um, and that is your solution when you run out of mortgages. Yeah. Okay. When you run out of mortgages on the residential side, your broker will not – will very likely not mention this to you because they'll probably want to take you to another B lender or, you know, at first. Yeah. Because uh, there are other options just because, you, you know, you're, they say you're capped out. There are other options. It's just the term. They're going to send you other lenders where the terms aren't as good or you are gonna need to put significantly more money down. You're going to have to pay down more of your debts. You're going to have to increase your income and the interest rates are going to be higher. Mm -hmm. And then you look at it and you're like, well, this deal doesn't cash flow anymore. Yes. You're correct. So you're going to have to really focus on making sure that you you're you're getting the best cash flowing properties because they they still do need to you know um, meet their their requirements and criteria. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean that you, you're done. It's just you know if you're buying break even cash flow properties, they're not going to accept them. You're going to have to find something that cash flow is really good. Um, so there are other options with brokers. But then if you want to go the commercial side, uh, most brokers aren't able to work with commercial lenders. Um, so you'll need to go and reach out to directly. them directly. Yeah. Um, if you email me, oh God, I'm going to open this up and then I'm going to have 20 emails to respond to today. <laughs> if you email me, I'll, I will give you a list of uh, different commercial lenders um, that we use um, and that, that are fantastic. I mentioned CIBC is one. They're fantastic. Um, you can get a few with them. And then there's some others that, you know, you can actually get quite a few with. Um, so don't, don't give up on it. Don't, don't think that you need to go and jump on, you know, these private financing companies. There are other options available. Mm -hmm. Um, look at credit unions as well. Credit unions have significantly different rules. They're not, um, they're not run like, um, banks are, um, they operate, you know, differently. So a lot of times you can get mortgages with credit unions as well. Just know that you're going to probably be, be putting 25, 30% down. Okay. You're not going to get 80% loan to value. You're probably going to get 70, 75% loan to value. Your interest rates are going to be a couple points higher. And as well, sometimes the amortization isn't 30 years, it's 25 years. So you're going to have to run your numbers based on though that based on those numbers because that's how they calculate it. And that's what they're going to give you. So you got to make sure that it still fits within 
uh, you know, good cash flowing, um, a good, a, you have a good cash flowing property that fits within their DCRs. Yeah. Right. But, uh, but don't give up on it. Just make sure you're, you know, th that's your solution. Right. When I asked someone why earlier and they said, cause I want to get more mortgages. I'm like, well, you have lots got, of options. I got, a, I got lots <laughs> of options for you. And if anyone asks me in the future, I'm going to tell them to listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you don't have to. <laughs> I'm biting my tongue so hard today. I'm biting my tongue so hard. Tiptoeing. Tiptoeing. Let's go to the comments, Gabby. Uh, Patrick says, you will also need to provide a personal guarantee. So we'll need a certain net worth. You don't need to be able to service the debt. Yes. Yes, yeah. thank you. I forgot about that. Um, all these commercial mortgages, they still want you to sign a personal guarantee. So um, the reason for that is so that you don't just bankrupt the company and then just walk away and like, I don't know anything. Well, they want to make sure that you're signing a personal guarantee that you will cover it. Um, it's not to service the debt. It's just that they want to know that you have enough net dead. worth yeah. to cover it in the event that um, the property fails, that they can come after you. Um, yeah, so, yeah. uh, that's why I said just big picture. They just want to see that you've got a little bit of net worth, that you've got a job or something like that. Something they can come after in the events that, um, you don't need a job or a business or yeah. something. You know what I mean? That you have some income coming in. Yeah. That's why they're not so concerned about, you know, whether it's a J-O-B or whether you're self-employed or not. Yeah. Did I miss any other comments while we were? No. No. Okay, Gabby's giving me the wrap it up because she's got to get everybody ready for school. Uh, hopefully this is valuable, guys. And um, yeah, if you guys are interested more, uh, you want to know about any of those lenders, feel free to um, send us an email and uh, we will see you guys tomorrow morning. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.